0: Monday morning everybody I am Glenda Geek in Ocala, Florida
2: And I'm Jamie Jennings in Norman, Oklahoma You're listening to Horses in the Morning On the Horse Radio Network For February 7th, episode 2866 Good morning horse people It's Monday
1: Monday is my favorite time of year This is Horses in the Morning With your lovable hosts, Jamie Jennings
2: I am the Queen You listen to me!
1: I'm sorry that people are so jealous of me, but I can't help it that I'm popular. Glenn the Geek.
2: You look especially radiant today, Your Grace. I'm gonna do a terrific show today because I'm good enough, and doggone it, people like me. Happy Monday!
0: So I want to start the show off this morning. It's not about horses. I apologize. Give us, give us three or four minutes to talk about this, uh, because I think it meant something to both Jamie and I, uh, I watched it when it was originally out. Jamie had to watch it in reruns. And if you're under 30, I apologize for this next segment, because you have no idea what we're talking about. Howard Hessman died. WKRP yeah. in Cincinnati. Dr. Johnny
2: Fever. Dr. Johnny Fieber. (laughs) He was a DJ for WKRP in Cincinnati. And what's amazing about that, the connection there, is the first proper radio station I worked for was called WSTR, which is Star 94 in Atlanta. And it used to be, WQXI and they changed, but WQXI, the guy who created WKRP in Cincinnati based it off of that first radio station I worked for. And there was a guy and I think his name was Jerry Blum and he was the character Johnny fever. Like they, they modeled that, that Johnny fever character after Jerry Blumen, it was really, really uh, kind of a big deal around there, the history in that radio station. I mean, he did a thing with turkeys and he did a thing with ducks, like he all sorts of like radio stunts. And so, so the was, turkey
0: thing he had done like for real before the show? Yeah,
2: but I, he didn't throw him out of helicopter. a helicopter. <laughs> what he did is he threw him in a, like I think the mall parking lot uh, out of the back of a tractor trailer. Okay. And I don't. I think they thought they would all fly away, and they didn't fly away. And that's where you get that. As God is my witness, I thought turkeys could fly. <laughs> and so it was modeled after this this one gentleman who worked at the station I was at. It was so cool to be a part of that history when I when I did well, work there. And I wanted Australia.
0: to ask you how you know to w watching wkrp was that was it a motivation to do what you did
2: um probably i i really did love that show now working in a real radio station is you know when i finally got to work in radio it was a lot more corporate oh, okay. than than that one was it
0: was like this though wasn't it back then
2: because, yeah, I yeah. mean, it absolutely was. But there was like one station manager, right. one DJ, one salesperson, and then <laughs> one, one <Lonnie> receptionist. Anderson. <laughs> yeah. And here there was probably 20 salespeople, 17 bosses, yeah. you know, like you answered to everybody. But uh, definitely that show modeled and shaped a lot of the people that did become DJs because it was, I mean, everybody wanted that freedom that you had working for WKRP, but you know
0: nobody got you didn't,
2: it. <laughs> you didn't get that back back when I started. Yeah. Back in the seventies, it was good to go.
0: And I had the Lonnie Anderson poster on my wall, like every kid my age at that time in high school. Um, and Lonnie was it. I have a clip. You want to hear a clip? Yeah. Okay. So here, here is uh, Doctor Johnny Fever,
1: and not a moment too soon either, babies. <laughs> That was Queen with their big hit, uh, one that I never particularly cared for, but I'm <laughs> nevertheless forced to play here on WKRP. This is Dr. Johnny Fever just doing my job following the orders of Venus Flytrap. Who's, he's just doing Andy Travis' job, while Andy fills in for our sales manager, Herb Tarlick, who's not doing his job. So,
0: there's just a little clip. <laughs> I do love that show. Occasionally, you can still find it out there. It's it's on YouTube. Uh,
2: that I was playing a song, and it, it, God, I still remember the name of the band. It, it was just like a techno song, and it was just so annoying. But my boss, who was the, the, the he put all the music in, loved that song. And the band was called Cascada. And the song, oh God, it was terrible. But I remember p- playing it, and at the end of it, I was like, oh, thank God that one's over. All right, now we're and oh my god, I got a phone call from him. Like the hotline rang. There's a button. There's a, f- a phone line. Are you like, like president?
0: It- you had a red phone, like if Russia calls. Oh yeah,
2: there's a there's a red button, a red light on it when 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 you're in trouble. And I was in trouble. So I was like, oh, thank God, give me a Song with guitars. Okay, here we go. Yeah, big trouble.
0: I did like that show. And it, and it wasn't just because of Lonnie, but you know, when you're a high school kid, Lonnie looked pretty good. So that was, <laughs> that was part of it. So there wasn't much to watch on TV. It was three stations back then. <laughs> That's all you had. So anyway, he went on. I mean, he did his 70s show. He did a lot of stuff. He did one day at a time. I mean, he did a lot. Saturday Night Live a couple times after that. I mean, he went on and did a lot of stuff after that too. Yeah. He wasn't stereotyped. Uh, that's the thing. All his roles were, were, were pretty different. Yeah,
2: If you uh, Google Howard Hesman, you'll, you'll recognize yeah. his face for sure.
0: Well, on today's show we have coming up, we have one of the top dressage writers in the country, Lauren Spreiser's with us. She's going to come on and talk to us about what it's like to run a large operation like hers. Like, How do you figure out what shows you're going to? And how do you track all those people and all those horses going all those different directions? Uh, You know, how you do all that logistically? Because I don't think we've ever had that conversation with a professional rider before. And she's a great guest, too. She's been on the Dressage Show many times. Then, uh, right after Daily Winnie's, we're going to talk about the Budweiser commercial for the Super Bowl. That's coming up. Jamie's going to talk about her new auction horse and how that's going. And we have some first-world problems coming up as well. So we have a lot going on on today's show. Let's get started. Yes, horse. There for all the people who are mad because we haven't mentioned a horse yet.
2: Happy birthday, happy birthday,
0: happy happy birthday to you. We only have a couple auditor birthdays today: Shay Abelson and Chantel Gillian. Plus my mentor, Dave Jackson. I know he won't hear it, but happy birthday anyway, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> he's been on this show before, actually.
2: Uh, my daily, when he goes out to – you. Know, I described on, I think it was Friday, how I had a horse in training, and his name was Alistar, and he's a traditional Irish draft sport horse. And he's oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Almost – he's not quite three, but he's so massive That my vet is also the vet for the lady who owns this horse and her name is Patty. She's actually an auditor. And so uh, he, he's been very difficult to manage. Like, Running in defenses to knock them over, breaking out of things, you know, just 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 a general. Chad disarray. hasn't driven him home yet. <laughs> well, Chad's been out of town, but he did repair all the fencing <laughs> that this horse broke, and I, I renamed him. I gave him a nickname because I kept writing it on the board, uh, and I have a board that I keep everything on. And somebody was like, "What horse is Dick?" I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> that's that horse right there." I call him. Dick because he's just been in, so so I like to say that I named him after my my great aunt was great aunt Ellen and great aunt Ellen was married to great uncle Dick so I call him uncle Dick now because I thought that was more appropriate <laughs> yeah, so uncle Dick <laughs> Has been here for a while, but we had a snowstorm, so he had a couple days off. And so yesterday, I had Farm Boy out, and we put the first ride ever on Uncle Dick. And he actually was quite good. The funny thing is... The training part with him is fairly easy. He's he's really, <laughs> he's kind of like a big draft toy. he's like, okay, sure, whatever. But it's just the management. But he now will walk into a stall and not try to knock the door off the hinge, which is really nice. And he comes in the stall. He doesn't scream and run around and freak out. He actually has learned that there's a place with boundaries that you have to go. And so I just wanted to give Patty an update on her uh, horse that I called him, I actually called him Alistar yesterday.
0: Oh, I was like, oh well, were look proving.
2: at me! <laughs> <laughs> Until
0: he breaks the fence today, and then it's back to Uncle Dick. <laughs>
2: oh, it's complete anarchy out in the field. I mean, <laughs> it's, a, it's a hot mess out there. But within here, uh, it's great. And then also, uh, Daily Winnie to somebody who actually lives down the street just adopted a horse and a hound horse from me. So I'm really excited about uh, them taking ghosts. So uh, good news all around on the horse front, and uh, we'll get into talking a little bit about my auction horse here in a minute, my internet horse auction, what could possibly go wrong horse.
0: Well, let's talk, well, speaking of what could go wrong, <laughs> let's, let's talk about the Budweiser Super Bowl ad. Now, if you haven't seen it yet, just look it up. Budweiser Super Bowl ad 2022. It'll pop up the to top. You can watch it. I watched it three times. This is the worst ad they've
2: ever put out, ever. I, I just... <sighs> What a disaster this ad is. I typically disagree with you on most things, but I don't even understand what happened. So to describe the ad. Good luck. (laughs) It's a horse, a Clydesdale, jumping over a fence, and there's a dog watching. And he jumps over the fence, and this crappy fence breaks because because uh, guess what? News of alert, he's a Clydesdale. They're not jumpers. And so he jumps into the barbed wire. What is he doing on a field by himself, surrounded by barbed wire that's incredibly dangerous to have horses with? And these terrible wooden posts. So he breaks the post, falls down, apparently cuts up his leg. They've got him in the barn the next scene with the dog and the vet is like, Ooh, doesn't look good because he's cut his leg open and then he keeps trying to get up, keeps trying to get up, can't get up. And then the next thing you see is he gets up and he 's galloping across a field again with the dog i well. Uh,
0: yeah well it 's hard to watch first it didn 't make a whole lot of sense uh, i I did a post this morning on my Facebook page and asked horse people out there what they thought of it. I have thirty comments, and not one of them liked it <laughs> so I like Tracy's comment. I actively dislike it. Nothing rang true for a horse person, than there are a lot of us. Few things annoy me more than fake, stupid or incorrect anything to do with horses in movies or TV, and this ad was just one ridiculous thing after another. Hard pass and you screwed up Budweiser.
2: I mean, they So been so there, good. There was a way for them to redeem themselves. And they just completely fell flat. And those people that have listened to our show for a long time are going to know what I'm talking about. Because there was a guy, super hot guy, in the first several Budweiser ads, the one with the puppy, the one with all things. Usually if the puppy
0: was involved, he was involved. Right? Yes. Yeah.
2: And his name is Don Jeans. And I internet stalked Don Jeans and had him on our show each year. A couple times. Yeah. Uh, yeah. During the, the super bubble, nice guy. Right after the Super Bowl. Super nice guy. Actor. Very handsome. Um, And then I thought I saw a guy and I was like, oh, they're going to bring him back. Oh my God. Nope. They hired a different younger guy. Because I'll tell you what, Don <laughs> Jeans wouldn't have had his Clydesdales out running around on gimpy legs where the vet's like, no, we got to put him down. And five minutes later, he's out loose again, galloping across the field. <laughs> what are you doing? All right, now, That's terrible.
0: Budweiser? That it was <laughs> awful. Stall? It was...
2: He needs stall rest. He sliced his leg open. He barely survived. And now, five minutes later, he's out galloping across a field. <laughs> what happened to fences? What happened to stall? It's like, he's great Uncle Dick. How? And he has down, just hit the fence door and gotten out and run away again. We've
0: interviewed the Budweiser Clydesdale people, the people who travel. I've interviewed them in person. The people who travel with the Clydesdales, they are very professional horse people. I, obviously, this was done by a marketing company, and none of these people approved this ad. Nobody that's a horse person would have approved this ad.
2: Just Do you know because? how much they paid? Some ads, you know, I think they're minimum two million, but some ads are going for seven million dollars.
0: Okay, so seven million. Daniel Blake, Budweiser's vice president, <laughs> started getting the crap about this ad and had to come out with a statement. And this is the statement. You want to hear it? Yes. The Clydesdales are, for many people, a symbol of America, a symbol of hope, of strength, and resilience. We felt that they were the perfect metaphor to tell this broader story, the comeback story, for us to come back with a symbol of America, but also a story of injury, the road to recovery, and ultimately this triumph. I think it's a really important message for the com- country to hear right now, and one that really only Budweiser can tell in this way. No, you didn't tell that story. Aren't Clydesdales Clyde from Scotland? I know. It just didn't. I think they were trying to tell the pandemic we're coming back from the pandemic story. I didn't get that at all.
2: I, I just, think that, I just... that there's going to be a lot of Budweiser ads that are... <laughs> Meant to emotionally move you that are going to fall flat. The only thing I want to see is a dang Betty White commercial. Ah, uh, really? I mean, that's all I need to see in the <laughs> whole. thing. I just Super want the Budweiser
0: and the snowball battle back. That's when. That's when the good Budweiser ads were.
2: The September 11th one, that told the yes, story. That, that us- was amazing. <laughs> this,
0: this one, oh my God. All right. Well, I think we can all agree. Well, actually, I have nobody that's liked it so far. So I think we all agree. It I just, it's irresponsible horsemanship is what it is. It was. The whole honest. ad was. <laughs> that's why I'm shocked. It could not have been gone or uh, had any approval by any of the horse people over there. It just couldn't have. All right. Let's go on to the next thing. Get Daniel Blake on the phone. (laughs) Let's go on to the next thing. Let's go to France. France has enacted three new laws to combat combat animal abuse, and I want to hear what you think about having these kind of laws here in the United States. One, I don't think it would ever happen, but if we were to dream— so the first one, horse owner owners who aren't licensed by a governing body like the French uh, Equestrian Federation will be required to complete a course that demonstrates their knowledge of equine management. The certificate will be required to be completed by all private horse owners within a year. You have to be licensed to own a horse. Don't mm-hmm. you wish that were you, with the horses you see coming in, right? Um, mm-hmm. Or your, the certain ones you've picked up in, in Oklahoma
2: or arkansas
0: how many times have we said this over the show that you should be required to have a license to own a horse we've said it a hundred times you
2: know what if you can't be licensed to have a baby i'd never see them actually enabling this law to happen in the united states no i don't say it'll never happen no No. and 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 i'm not super happy with government regulation like uh, less government typically is better for me but i just feel like In the world of being a decent human, I'm not going to go out, Glenn, and buy a giraffe and bring it to my house and be like, yeah, I can take care of it. With no knowledge of giraffes at all.
0: And no building with a tall roof. (laughs)
2: People should probably – I don't know. I don't know. I'm so frustrated. This is a sensitive subject because of what I've dealt with just recently. Um, But, yeah, I mean – I'm not a super fan of more regulation, but it might probably be a good idea in this case.
0: Well, here's the second one:
2: horses that have
0: received, that have been uh, had had what is it called? Being nerved. Mm-hmm. Um, where what do they do? They they cut the nerves,
2: so they they burn basically the nerves in the feet when horses have navicular disease, and it's kind of a last ditch effort to cause a horse to be able to move like say you have a horse that has such bad navicular disease and it's lame in the pasture and you don't really want to do a whole lot with it so you'll go ahead and nerve it or denerve it uh, so you can get rid of the pain and the horse can walk around. It's certainly not a thing you do with a performance horse.
0: Well, and they're saying that now you have to basically, when you sell the horse, you have to disclose that. It's kind of like when you buy a house, they have to disclose if, if there's mold and all that stuff. Uh, That's you have to disclose this now when well, you it's sell a horse.
2: Really dangerous if you have a horse that can't feel its feet and you're like, let's go gallop across yeah, exactly. the country, like you're gonna die. But yeah, and
0: they're not. Not permitted to race or compete in France anyway. So, but this is just if you sell the horse. Now, the third one, and I wish we had had this one because we ran into this several times when we had our boarding stable. A horse owner who doesn't pay their boarding or lease fees on a horse, leaving it in the care of the equine facility, will be charged with abandonment. After the horse owner or lessor has been served with formal notice and three months have passed, the facility housing the horse can sell it. And that was in our Boarding agreements, actually. And we had three different occasions in the time we had our boarding stables where the people just disappeared. And we ended up selling the horse to get some of our money back. We didn't take them to auction, but we sold the horse. Here, you can take it to auction, do whatever you want to get your money back. You can sell the horse. So they're just making it a, a national law that this is the case.
2: People just abandoned their horse. Oh, yeah. They just
0: disappeared or they stopped paying their bill, you know, and they never hear from them again.
2: Wow. And that That's... was pre, you know, this
0: pre social media days. So you couldn't stalk them either, right? If their phone number went dead, you were screwed. <laughs> you yeah. Know? You had no I, way to find it. That's
2: tough. I, I never experienced that. But back up to the nerving part, I wish that they had to disclose. And fortunately the auction site is supposed to that I bought uh Juliet from uh please disclose if a horse cribs. Oh my God. Oh, I can't cribber? have any cribbing. Uh, no, no, she's oh. not a cribber. Oh. She's not, okay. but they, they, they actually had to disclose whether uh, there's a place in there that you have to disclose whether or not the horse is a cribber. And if any of those things that are on the list are not true, I think you can return the horse and get your money back. Um, but so she, she's not a cribber, but I have had two horses come in here for training that are cribbers. And I remember calling and, and I ask, you know, like, anything else you know and and the owner i said did your horse crib and uh, actually about a week in, i said hey this horse is a cribber and she was like i know it's awful
0: <laughs> we have one here at the farm a cribber too actually uh, you know what i find more i find more upsetting to watch than cribbing is weavers i mean serious weavers uh, because I've seen a couple of those in barns, and it's like, oh, that's just upsetting to watch. I, I just, figured
2: that I figured out how to stop a weaver.
0: Did you? Well, yes. let's do that. Write that down. So let's do that another day. But let's get a Juliet, your auction horse that you picked up there from from Alabama, Arkansas. You Arkansas. picked up from Arkansas this uh, kind gentleman who was so kind <laughs> to the horses, and told yeah. you how you needed to be a better horsewoman.
2: How uh, he said uh, he said to me. You could learn a lot around here, sweetheart, <laughs> after I didn't rip the horse's head off with the halter and lead rope. Him, so,
0: I'm so sad you didn't have your mace or pepper spray along.
2: <laughs> well, I, I, again, I, I could have said any, like, I don't know, teacher your horse to lead instead of like having to be prepared to rip their face off. With so the halter. All right, how how's the tight? horse
0: doing now that it's had Jamie touch? I saw a video yesterday. <sighs>
2: Oh my gosh, she's so cool, you guys. I'm so excited. She's so soft and lovely. But again, like if you were big and rough and tough with her, she's going to be... Remember when I was loading the horse up, he goes, just so you know, she's crazy. You better be careful around this one. She is so lovely. Oh,
0: by the way, she, was that in the ad? The crazy in the auction ad? No, oh, no, no. That it wasn't, wasn't checked.
2: <laughs> it wasn't the owner I was dealing with. It was the trainer, uh, the Because I got her off a racehorse auction, so like she's supposed to go be a racehorse. Um, now this guy. This is a funny story. There was two horses being sold by this particular owner. He was downsizing all his horses, and so he decides to put the two horses on. And there's Roulette Juliet, and she is a filly, and she'll be three in April or May. And uh, she's been started and been on the track but never raced. And then they posted a gray colt who is the same age and I think a half sibling of her. and But he is a colt. And I'm usually the one to, to buy a, a boy, but I, you know, it just takes so long with the castration and to have them separate. And I need all my paddocks or training horses, like just too much to deal with castrating a horse and keeping it apart for six weeks and then six months. You know, it's just tough. So when I got there to pick her up, I said, I really did like that colt. I would have bought him, but you know, he was a colt. And the trainer goes, He wasn't no colt. Excuse me. Oh, yeah, he, that was a gelding. I don't keep anything. I don't keep any. Actually, he said some really rude things that I can't repeat um, on here, but basically he was a gelding. And I said, ah. So he sold as a listed as a cult. I pulled up the ad. And I'm like, It says the quality. He goes, wasn't a cult. He was a gelding. I don't keep balls on anything around here being <laughs> nice. And I said, So were the people that came to pick him up unhappy? That maybe they thought they were buying a colt and they bought a gelding. I don't know. It was just a hauler, like a horse hauler shipper, picked it up. And I'm like, can you imagine <laughs> getting a horse home that you're like, I've got me my racing colt, a grandson of Tappet. my racing this is stallion. Be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And did you get it home and you paid all that money for it and it's a gelding? Oh my gosh. So buyer beware all the time. But even for stuff like that, like how do you not? Whatever. Not my, not my circus, not my monkeys, but this little filly i've been really quiet with her and calm and and she did have to settle down she was quite a a lot to manage when she first got here but she settled down and i started her yesterday and oh my god she's so pretty and so fancy and so soft and so sensitive and so light i'm just really really excited about her so it's all going fairly it's going extremely well right now so hopefully we're going to have some nice weather this week that i can continue her training and hopefully get on her today or tomorrow i'm really excited
0: and the drugs have worn off no?
2: I hope so. If she was <laughs> drugged, I don't know what the heck they gave her. they probably gave her speed because she just calms down.
0: <laughs> well, good. I'm glad. I know that this, this whole adventure. It's been good for the show. Uh, oh, listeners are loving hearing about it. I so. do
2: it for, for the, the show. show I know you That's do. I, I really Ch- appreciate that. I way. tell Chad, I'm like, we can write all this off because it's, <laughs> it's, for, the- it's for the show. <laughs>
0: Well, speaking of which, is your horse showing signs of nervousness, inflammation pain, or digestive issues? If so, American Harvest products might be the solution you need. This Montana-based company develops the highest quality hemp products and offers a line specifically for horses including CBD oil, premium hemp extract, and equine hemp-derived pellets. That's the ones that uh, Jamie and I use. American Harvest Natural Equine Hemp Pellets are vet-formulated and produced from natural hemp. The pelleted formula is manufactured with potent raw CBD using no chemical processing, so your horse will love the taste as much as you'll love the benefits. Look for the full line of products. You can go to your local equine shop, if they have them any hubbard dealer or online at store.alltech.com that's store.alltech.com and every month they're giving away a free 90-day supply to one lucky winner i'll post a link in the show notes To go click on that link and go over one of our listeners one last month so go check it out today well, coming up next, we have Lauren Spreiser. Lauren is a USDF gold, silver, and bronze medalist, and she's been uh, t- uh, developing horses and taking horses and riders to the FEI level for a long time. A regular guest over on the Dressage Show, and we're having her today to talk about running a large barn and how that all works logistically. Hey, Lauren, thank you so much for joining us over here. We got you away from the Dressage Show, away from Reese and Philip.
1: I'm happy to be here. I go where I'm pointed.
0: Okay, good. Well, thank you for following directions. So, Lauren, I wanted to talk to you. You know, our our listeners are broad, you know, from everything from backyard horse owners to Western riders to English. But there's one thing that uh, I've gotten a question about, and that is when you're dealing at a barn, in your case, you have two, right? You have one in Virginia and one in Florida. Yes. Okay. So, and you write for the Chronicle of the Horse, and you did a couple of articles about what kind of logistics there is to run all of this? First of all, how many horses are you dealing with at your barn at any given time?
1: In Virginia, we're usually running between 18 and 20. In Florida, we, ha- we started with 16. We just sold one, so we're down to 15.
0: Okay. And you're in welly world?
1: Right, we are just outside of Wellington. We're in Loxahatchee, which is Wellington's vastly more affordable but slightly rednecked country cousin. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes,
0: exactly. That that describes it well, by the way. Um, so, and a lot of it's swampland where the farms are. So a
1: lot of Florida is swampland where the farms that's, are. Let, that's let us, true. Let us assuage <laughs> ourselves of any possibility that anything in Florida is above sea level.
0: So how do you coordinate everything from from keeping track of all the horses to feeding all the horses? How how I just have so many questions about running a barn that size. Plus, you're dealing with students and their horses and getting them signed up for shows. And how do you plan the whole year's worth of shows? How does all that work?
1: There's a few things that are really important. And the one that I cannot stress enough is that you have to have good people. And I am wildly lucky in that I have. I usually have two to three working students as well as one assistant trainer. My current group is really good. But the heart and soul of my team is a woman named Rachel. Rachel is my barn manager, my cat herder, my right hand. I would be utterly lost without her. Um, and the challenge that we face is that Rachel has a child and a life that prevents her from traveling to Florida with us, uh, which brings us to or at least traveling full time. We, we steal her for one out of every three or four weeks, um, which brings me to the other thing that I use a lot, which is technology, We've gotten really good over the years at honing apps and programs that help us do our jobs well. So, for example, all of my staff, thank God, have iPhones, and so we share an Apple calendar. Um, when I have a when I have a working student with an Android device, it like ruins my life.
0: <laughs> you um, just buy them so a we, phone.
1: <laughs> I, I, have, I have offered <laughs> because it makes me so crazy. Um, but we have a we have a shared. Uh, app, iPhone calendar, Apple calendar, and so, you know, on my calendar right now is that Megan Brady, our wonderful equine body worker, is coming on Wednesday, and here is the list of horses that she's working on. You know, the the farrier is going to be here for these three days. The horse show that Elvis is going to is on these two days, but the horse show that Maddie is going to is on this one day, and that lets all of us really keep uh, keep track of where the heck we're going and who's going to be here, even when my wonderful Rachel is back in Virginia and we are here. So, um, I so also,
0: speaking sorry. of apps, do you use any of the horse management apps that are out
1: now? So or- I was just going to say, hey, we also use a horse report system, which oh, is yeah. fantastic and and the best part of that is that it lets us upload documents really easily so for example when we found ourselves at the horse show this weekend and somebody had entered the show but hadn't remembered to attach the most recent round of vaccinations for the horse all i was two clicks away i i could call it up i could beam it over to show management via email, via airdrop, there's so many functionalities to the app and it's really easy to use, which is fantastic. Um the big the big one for me on the trainer side is that we use an app called Time Center, which is my lesson scheduling system. Um so if you want to take a lesson with me, you go to timecenter.com slash sport horse and you sign up for a lesson. My entire schedule is there months in advance. Oh, that's awesome. Oh my gosh. it is I never the most heard of Im- that one. It's, it's, a, it's a Swedish company. Um, and there are certainly other apps that, that offer the same. There are other other websites that offer the same service, but I've been using Time Center forever. Um, and, and second place in my heart is a wonderful company called Strider, which does all of our clinic um, schedule. Uh, it's not scheduling, excuse me, but sign up. So camps and clinics, you can sign up via the, their website. And it's all done via PayPal. It's all done very easily. But they also have my waiver, my my um, liability waiver, hosted. So I can just send you a link and you can sign my liability waiver online. I don't have to print out paper. And then it is stored for me to never need again because smart people don't sue other people. And I don't do anything to deserve being sued. But it's it's great <laughs> to have that It's great to have it all in one place. And it's just all of these are things that save time. All of these are things that streamline the process. And then there's just a lot less back and forth so that we have more time to run 16 head of horses with only four people.
0: (laughs) How far are you looking ahead? When you're when you're look, do you look at the calendar for the year? Okay, so talk to before you before you answer that. I
2: gotta know what's that app called again because I am booked up through training through June and I would love to have people be able to okay go sign up for whatever spot you want. What was it called?
1: Time Center is the one I'm using right now. I am told, I'm told that there is something on the horizon at Strider, which is going to be a similar service that will actually let people pay in advance. Oh, um, I like that. I have not done the recon on, but I can't say enough good things about Strider. So I can't say enough good things about Time Center either. They're both okay. they're both really good companies with great customer service. So there you go. Very good.
0: Carry on. All right. So let's talk a little bit about your horse. And then I want to ask you about how you figure out what a schedule is for a year. So Guernsey Elvis is, is really, is that your top horse right now?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. He's, he's my top horse ever. He's very exciting.
0: Yeah, this is your this is your horse. This is your hard horse right now, I think. <laughs>
1: this is my guy. This yeah. is my oh my god horse.
0: Yep. So when you take a look at the year, do you plan out the whole year? Or are you only planning a couple months at a time? How do you do that for your goals for the year for this horse?
1: I'm going to answer that with a funny story, okay. which is that in December of 2020, I got engaged. And well, Congratulations. I Thank you. And I know that threading my calendar needle is varsity level acrobatics. And so I emailed show management for all of the shows that we normally attend. And I say, Hey, I need your guys 2022 calendar. And they sent me their 2021 calendar. And I was like, No, 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 I like, there's no way I'm going to have this together in five months. Are you kidding? Like, I need 2022. And They were like, Lauren, who plans their life that far ahead? So, Glenn, let me tell you, I plan my life. <laughs> there is, speaking of technology making our lives easier, uh, there is a Google Doc. There are several Google Docs that my farm uses, um, but one of them is called the Where in the World is Lauren document, and it is the every weekend of the year for, let's see, I have clinics. It's it's February we're recording this. I think that I have clinics booked in November of this year. Um And it's every weekend of the year and where I am. So for Elvis, for my horse, back in probably November, December, I was making some decisions about what my my competition goals were going to be. And I sat down with USEF's high performance qualification calendar, picked the shows that I wanted to go to for him. Um, Because that's something
0: you really have to look at that, that lower level writers don't have to look at, right? I mean you really have to look at that. Uh, you have to decide which shows are gonna be best for your for, for your overall standing.
1: Right. And and I I refuse to play the game of, like, ooh, let's go chase Christmas judges around the country. Like, that's exhausting. Um, so I pick shows that happen to be qualifiers but are also run by top-shelf management companies that are a reasonable geographic distance for me. Um, and I'm spoiled rotten because I'm here in Wellington, and then I go to the Mid-Atlantic where there's horse shows all the time run by very professional show management teams. So it's sort of an embarrassment of riches. Um and I, we tend to go to the same shows every year because they're good, and I don't like messing with success. Um, so my calendar is largely set, but certainly there's, there's small changes every year. This year, we have a new CDI coming to Virginia in May, so that had to appear on my dance card. Um, you just you, you, There's a lot of factors to juggle, but the good news is that they are putting out those calendars, USEF and DF, in the fall. Uh, late fall, you know, sort of November, November, December, if you have a pretty clear picture of what's going to happen. And right. then uh, as and a teacher, then I have to juggle fitting in the clinics that I go and teach across the country.
0: Do you have a do you try and set a goal? So so uh, so Elvis is at this level right now in, in December of 2021. Do you set goals for where you want him to be or where you would like him to be by the end of this year?
1: Yeah, I always have my my Harvard goals, those would be the the big, hairy, real reach goals. And then I have my safety goals. Um, but I have that planned out for every horse, usually in that sort of November, December time frame. Uh, and then as my very good friend, sports psychologist Jenny Susser told me once, you write your goals down in pencil because they're going to change. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Like everything else uh, in life. <laughs>
1: like... So, yeah, the plan that I had in December... On, on December 1st, I came to Florida December 15th. I rode with my coach shortly after that. And she said, nope, your plans aren't big enough. We're going we're gonna to try the high performance thing. So then I had to reset all the plans, which fortunately wasn't that hard to do. Um, because all of a sudden, my goals had been changed for me by smart people.
0: What's the hardest part of running a barn like this? Is it, it, any uh-huh. business, most people say employees, right? The people that work for you. But what, what's your hardest thing?
1: I certainly employees are on the list. I I think it is a toss up between employees and all that that entails finding people that Is it getting harder?
0: I noticed a lot of barns having trouble finding people.
1: uh, It's never been like this before. I this is my I'm entering my 15th year as a trainer in my own right. And I was a working student before that. And it has it has never it's never been like this. Um, to the point where I'm actually changing how we run the business um, and moving away from a system of working students and towards a system of using a, a full time groom because I just can't find people that are hungry for opportunity, which is really quite shocking.
0: <laughs> Was it that way before COVID? Has it been a downhill slide finding people?
1: It, yeah this this started happening before COVID and and certainly it's very easy old fart that I am to be like, "Ah, kids these days with the clothes." <laughs> they they have some points, you know. I I graduated from college before the great economic downturn of 2008, 9 and 10, and I can't imagine in the world that we are in now taking on the kind of financial responsibility that I did yeah, you know, the financial burden of the four-year traditional college education that I did before those times. Um, and fortunately, I was able to pay off those student loans. And I'm sorry, we've lost the plot a little bit here. But, you know, there's the, the youth of America, the kids these days are definitely facing some challenges that we were not 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago. On the other hand, the only way to get good at this is to be able to ride really good horses. And if you can't afford them, there are people out there like me who want to pay you to ride them. So I don't really understand why more people don't avail themselves of those opportunities. But I don't know.
2: All right. Cool. Jamie? Um, So I, I have one of my very best friends in the whole wide world lives in Loxahashi. And ironically small world lives across the street from you. And I'm, I knew that you lived in Loxahadji and I knew that she did. And so I sent her a message. I'm like, Hey, I've got Lauren on the show. She's like, Oh my God, I there's just, she's a dressage writer, obviously. And, and there's something very important happening at your place that I think all women speak to. And that is something very important. She's doing at your house tonight, which is Glenn, they're having professional bra fittings. <laughs>
1: Tell us about that, Lauren. This is this is like the service I didn't know I needed. <laughs> so I am I am not a delicate flower. I'm five foot ten, and on my skinniest day, I am still uh, the constitution of a Swedish potato farmer. <laughs> <laughs> I've
0: never heard that before
1: (laughs) as, as an athlete, I have always recognized the importance of a good supportive sports bra for the situation. Um, and I thought I was wearing one and I would teach my, my, you know, I, I teach people all over the country. I'm a, I'm a teacher and a trainer and a clinician and I bet at least, one woman per clinic, if not two women per clinic. I would pull quietly aside and be like, "Hey, either your bra is insufficient in quality, or you're wearing the wrong size, and it's affecting your posture. It is affecting your ability to sit the trot. It is not about aesthetics as much as it is about functionality, and you're really, you're really suffering." So, flash back to right before the pandemic, so March, March 2020, maybe. Um, Alison O'Neill published this blog in the Chronicle that was about why bra fitting is important. And she runs a specialty um, bra shop in just outside of Gladstone, New Jersey, just outside of the team headquarters. And I read this piece and I was like, my sister from another mister, here you are. <laughs> and I talked to her about holding a clinic at my farm. And she said, let's do it. But I'm also going to be in Wellington. Let's go have coffee. We had coffee. It was a great conversation. And just in passing, as I got out of the car, she said, hey, by the way, you're not wearing the right bra. (laughs) It's like, I'm fully clothed. Like, how do you know this? And she said, well, I watched a video of you riding and you're, you're there's something you're not doing it right. And I told her what model I was wearing. She said, okay, right model, wrong size. And I was like, I've, I've been in this size forever. I had somebody at Victoria's Secret, like, measure me <laughs> for a bra. And she said, no, 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 no. I want you to humor me. I'm going to send you one band size down and one cup size up. And I said, sure, no problem guys, it was life-changing. Oh it was God. life-changing. God. I, like every horse person on the planet, am a frequent flyer on the back pain train so much less since I started wearing the correct size bra. Uh, I, I, I just met a bunch of members of my fiance's family for the first time, and their observation about me was that I have the best posture of anyone they've ever met in their lives, which for sure is related to the fact that i'm in the right size bra it's been amazing um and so of course covid had to sort of reroute our plans for a clinic but in florida it's a lot easier and we've got a really good space here at the farm so yeah allison is here and she is how many
0: people are signed up
1: um i'd have to count but i she's here for a day and a half so it's not like we have time limitless time, but I'll tell you, I bring in Olympians for clinics at my farm. I bring in world-class athletes for clinics at my farm and no clinic has ever filled faster than this one.
2: Oh my gosh. That's (laughs) so cool. I've, yeah, this is going to be great. My, my, my girlfriend that's coming is she's gifted in that department where I am not. But so so I would imagine, yeah, sitting the trot and all that, it's very important. And Glenn, this is a hard-hitting information that we bring to you. It is. It's, it's why we morning. do this
0: show for the last 12 years. It's this well, kind look, of information.
2: Her name is Donna. Look for her. She's very excited. She's going to be attending your Profiting clinic. (laughs)
1: Excellent.
0: (laughs) All right. So I have one other. I have two quick questions for you. One, that calendar with the weekend calendar that everybody can see where you are every weekend. Are any of those weekends for your new fiance, or is he just written out of all of them?
1: Well, we're getting married, so uh, one of those is for him, and it has broke it. I I am. I am gutted to do this, but every weekend up until that weekend, from the time I come home from Florida till the wedding is I am at home. And I normally kill you. (laughs) I I may die, in which case it's been very nice chatting with you all. Uh,
0: (laughs) Okay, next question. Uh, By the way, uh, I'm known as America's Horse Husband, so we need to get him on to talk to him about what this has been like and whether he regrets it yet before the wedding. Um, (laughs) So so the next question is, uh, everybody's been asking us to do a – we do this recipe of the month. Everybody's been asking us to do a drink of the month. Do you have a favorite alcoholic beverage? What do you like?
1: Well, let me tell you, I have many favorite alcoholic beverages, and I am always game to sample more. Um, But I can tell you that right now I'm I'm really into uh, a modification on the Tom Collins. So the Tom Collins is gin, simple syrup, lemon juice, and sparkling water. Um, I am into this incredibly beautiful gin called Empress Gin, which is brewed with the flower of the butterfly pea, which gives it this beautiful purple color. Um, And because I'm here in Florida, and when in Florida one should do Floridian things, I have invented what I call the Tommy Bahama Collins, (laughs) which is gin... Key lime juice, simple syrup, and clubs, uh, sparkling water. Excuse me. Nice. So a, a Floridian twist on a very tasty, refreshing, fizzy, and for me, purple situation.
0: There you go. Well, there, there's the drink of the month right there. What'd you call it? A.
1: Uh, Tom, it, it, it's supposed to be a Tom Collins, but we call it the Tommy Bahama Collins. For perfect. Little,
0: That's for perfect little, for Wellington. <laughs> It's perfect. Yep. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Where can everybody find you? What, what's the website?
1: Uh, my website is Sprisersporthorse.com, and I'm on all of the socials at Lauren Spriser.
0: Thank you, Lauren. We appreciate you stopping by. And wasn't this more fun than hanging out with Reese and Phillip?
1: I mean, I, come on. I plead the fifth, your honor.
0: <laughs> thank you, Lauren. Cut there. Good job. That was fun.
1: Sorry, I lost the plot a little on the making fun of the youth of America for being lazy shits, but <laughs> here we are. That's right.
0: I think there's a lot of other pro-riders saying the same thing.
1: Right? <laughs> oh, let me tell you.
0: <laughs> All right. Thanks, Lauren. Appreciate it. You bet. All right. Take care. Yeah. Well, she was delightful. She's a lot of fun. I remember her from the Dressage Show, so I wanted to have her on. I thought she'd be a good one to talk about this. And hopefully some of you maybe got some good apps to take a look at for, for uh, organizing your life. Jamie wrote that one down, right? Time Center.
2: And- yeah, Time Center. And you're going to learn maybe that you need a new bra. A new so. br-
0: apparently, everybody needs a new bra. Uh, you know, there's we support the para-riders a lot in this country or in this, uh, on this show. And, of course, Charlotte's one of our spotlight riders this year. And she'll be on here next week, actually, giving us an update. And uh, I saw a post from Charlotte, our para-rider down in Wellington. And I'm sure you saw it, too. Apparently, she's doing very well down there this year. So she'll be all excited to give an update next week. But it's only been para-dressage. In other countries, they actually have para-jumping. And at the Kentucky three-day event this year, there's going to be a public demonstration of para-jumping. So the event organizers wanted to highlight the fact that there's more than just para-dressage around the world, and it's never been done in a demonstration here in the United States. So they yeah. have a Wren Zimmerman coming, and she Wren uh, is blind and she is going to do a para-jumping demonstration. She's been on this mission for like eight years, seven, eight years, to get para-show jumping at officially recognized as a discipline in the United States and Canada. Now, I'm trying to get her on because I want to know how she does this blind and does jumping and how it all works. Plus, she's really trying to promote this. And, you know, when you think about it, if you can ride dressage and you can you can sit the jump, why don't they have para-jumping? I don't know. Uh, it makes sense to me. They could jump, obviously, in the, you know, in regular jumper classes, in, you know, in able body jumper classes. But I don't know why they don't have para-jumping. That's a good question. So hopefully we can get an answer to that coming up. I'm trying to get her on. Let's do some equestrian first world problems.
1: It's time for the weekly look at your equestrian first world problems.
2: This ought to be good. If you have an equestrian problem, it is a first world problem. That is the life that we are all living. And um, if you want to contribute, these, these all these problems are real. These were submitted by our auditors because on Sunday I put a post on the Facebook page and uh, I say, hey, what are your problems? And then... I'm flooded, I'm inundated with so many issues that our listeners have. And so if you want to be a part of this group, you need to be an auditor. So, Glenn, how do they do that?
0: Just go to horseradionetwork.com, click on the auditor banner in the upper right-hand corner of the page, and for as little as $3 a month, you too can join the party.
2: We are going to end today with probably one of the greatest ones we've ever heard. Not to oversell, but it's pretty awesome. Okay, well, we've had a lot of them. Let's start with Amy. I got a lecture from my acupuncturist on having, quote, too high of a pain tolerance. I don't think this happens to non-horse people.
0: (laughs) Too high of a pain tolerance? No, that doesn't happen to non-horse people. But every horse woman I know has that.
2: Yeah. horse Guys don't. No man has any pain tolerance whatsoever. Uh, Allison says, I have all my apps on my phone which is handy, but I want to listen to music, Pivo, and EquiSense. I get it. I want to like record, but I also want to hear my podcast. Three and I phones. I can do all the things. <laughs> yeah. <I'm> not <laughs> set up all over the arena. Michaela says, finally, I'm at a point uh, where we're buying a horse property, but now the market is so high, it's impossible to find more than an acre. Yeah. Uh, uh,
0: by the way, that's what we found.
2: <laughs> all <laughs> over a- the world, yep. except for in Oklahoma and the sticks, you can...
0: Probably Arkansas, too, right near that guy's house that you went yeah,
2: to. Yeah, you can be neighbors to that guy. Uh, Ellen says, my barn door is frozen shut. And so now we have to take the wheelbarrow the long way around to the manure pile. Oh, in oh, the, the winter, God. that sucks,
1: too.
0: <laughs> I fi- I feel you. We've been there, done that.
2: Laura says, I have a higher budget than the last time I bought for a new horse trailer, but now it's giving me too many options to choose from.
0: Guess what else? Horse trailer prices are up, too.
2: Yeah, mm. I, you know what, though? I get it because I'm a vegetarian, Laura. And every time I go to a restaurant, there's one thing maybe on the menu that I can get. So I never get to choose. And now if I go to a restaurant that has like four things I can eat, I can't decide. <laughs> I'm hamstringed. Uh, Colt says, now that I can afford to own the horses, my job doesn't allow me the time to ride the horses.
0: (laughs) That's so true. I think everybody has that problem, Colt.
2: Avery says, my trainer finally got back from her trip south for this winter. So I'm really excited to start lesson again. But that also means I'm going to have to actually work hard while I'm riding and not just trot around like a pony kid with loopy reins. Yeah, it's, (laughs) It's, it's, That's tough. Funny. I ride so many green horses that I'm like, if I had a trained horse, I don't think I could ride it for more than 10 minutes. <laughs> uh, Ali says it's the first week of breeding season. So I'm too busy at work to ride my mare, but my trainer is in California for the month. So she's not riding my mare. And now my mare is so spicy from not being ridden that the day I could ride her, I couldn't ride her. <laughs> <laughs> well written. Robin uh, says, I have too many clients wanting me to provide more carriages, and it's so much more of a hassle to bring two. So now I have to buy another trailer to haul the second carriage or buy a carriage that hauls many more people at once, which means I have to buy more horses. (laughs) Just buy more horses. (laughs) Flossie says, I had a wonderful trip away from work, but I had no one to muck for me while I was gone. So now I have so much mucking to do. (laughs) Feel sorry for me, Jamie. (laughs) I know. Darn catching up after vacation. Uh, Nicole says, my horse husband was kind enough to take pictures of me and my horse jumping. But the photos where we aren't blurry, my horse's legs are all over the place. And the one that she's actually jumping, we're blurry. <laughs> I'm going to give you a little little hint of how to get the perfect iPhone photo jumping over a fence. Are you ready for this, Nicole? Have him turn the phone sideways. Okay. Not up and down. Sideways. And start the video. And then when you want to find that perfect spot, you've got the, you can just pause it and like scroll along and then screenshot it. That's how I do it. That's how my photos all look so amazing. Uh, Gwen says, I trained my horse to respect my personal bubble and move away when I ask her and to not be constantly trying to bug me and cuddle me. But now I miss being bugged and cuddled. (laughs) I knew that
0: was coming. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> ah. I knew that was coming.
2: Oh God, it's so true, though it's so true. Oh, I don't have that problem yet with Stanley. He's still a. She, what she said in the end here. I miss my rude, cuddly monster with no spatial awareness. <laughs> yeah. You know, you guys want that
0: in a horse, but not in a husband.
2: Yeah, like Chad has a cold, and like this morning he went to kiss me on the way. I was like, "Don't come near me!" Ew. <laughs> <See>? <laughs>
0: Well, cold's a little different, but you don't even want it when he doesn't have a cold. Be honest. I mean,
2: there's a time and a place, but like I'm dirty. I got barn stuff. I probably have some sort of poop smeared on my face. Don't touch me. (laughs) Don't look at me. I'm disgusting. I'm hideous. Uh, April says, I got my new Clydesdales harness all adjusted, but now I don't have to adjust it for the Percheron, so now I will need to buy a second harness.
0: Oh, you need a second harness. Trust me. you, You dealt with harness once, but when you deal with harness, there's no way you want to be adjusting harnesses between horses, because there's like 50 adjustments riders. on a harness. There's, there's everything needs adjusted. No, you need a second. I give you no. permission to buy one, April.
1: Hey,
2: April, you don't need your husband's permission. No, just need do my it. Glenn said it was okay. That's right. I'm
0: America's horse husband. I give you permission.
2: Jillian says, my horse went to the trainer today and then I just went out to feed and he's not here because he's eating all my money in a nicer barn. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Uh, eating Judy, all my money
0: like- in a nicer barn. That's a good line.
2: I like it. Yeah, Judy, I'm going to read this one because it pertains to me. By the way,
0: you, you daughters are being funny today.
2: Very funny. This yeah. is a good badge. It's going to go on a while. Uh, Judy says, I finally decided to put my horse in training, but the trainer I won is in Norman, Oklahoma, and I'm in Oregon.
1: Who was she oh, talking
2: about? Oh, I don't know, man. I think it's me. Now, I got to <laughs> tell you, I just got a call from somebody who is in North Dakota that wants to send me their horse to start. That's right. I was like, hold on. You're going to ship your horse to Oklahoma from North Dakota? I mean, that's no pressure, right? Jeez. Just trying Um, to get his horse
0: out of the cold.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Paige says, our fox hunt was rescheduled from Saturday Saturday to Sunday due to the wet and sloppy footing. And I couldn't go because my saddle maker was delivering my custom saddle on Sunday. (laughs) Uh, uh, Diane says, let's see, a couple more. Diane says, I finally bought a truck, but trying to find a decent used horse trailer is nearly impossible. So you bought a truck, but you can't find a trailer. Well, the other person's like, I find too many trailers. We should put you guys together. Uh, Kristen says, and Kristen, remember, owns baby Zara. And I have news for you post this problem. Uh Zara's blanket has a huge rip in it and I can't fix it with duct tape, so now I have to buy a new one. Well, let me tell you something. I got all my blankets out this spring and Zara's blanket had a huge rip in it that I duct taped last year. <laughs> and I mean it looks like it's like probably like a foot across by a foot down, you know, like it's just a complete rip. And I took it to get repaired and they were able to stitch it back up the the blanket washing or repair place, they were able to fix it. So I didn't have to buy another one. Um, but yes, she is a blanket ripper. You're welcome. Some are I probably should have disclosed it. that. They'll it's find like a one little tiny nail
0: head and they know where it is and they just go she, rub, and rub
2: and rub. She doesn't crib. She's not nerved, but she's a blanket ripper. So <laughs> sorry.
0: Scooter is too. He'll be out there by himself. And I'm going, how did, how did you do that?
2: Oh, my gosh. Can I just tell you that one of our listeners sent Dave a blanket? Uh, Kimberly in California sent Dave a blanket. And the blanket came all the way from California. She bought it extra, and she was, like, just donating it to, to Dave because he's a mess. And, and so she sent it to him, and I came home from vacation, from ski trip, and it's a blanket that's, like, from the back of the ears all the way down. And it's got a built in neck. I love these weather Peta Comfitec to Comfitech with blankets. They're Yeah. Neck is not, you don't like, take the neck off. Like the neck yep. is on all the time. Yep. And I came home and all he had was on, on was the neck. <laughs> like, <laughs> and where was the rest of it? <laughs> I'll tell you where the rest of it is. It looks like it dang snowed in my paddock where he <laughs> was standing, but all he had was the neck on. That's it. I'm like, how did you rip all the way around? So anyway, Kimberly, he did wear it for the most of the winter, but now it's, yeah. Uh, Thank God I have Zara's old blanket um, that I fixed. Kaylee says, I moved and I also moved my horses home instead of boarding. And that was two weeks ago. And now I've only unpacked a third of my house. I need things that are still boxed up, but I just don't have time. My horses need me. Yeah, I moved here at the same time with the horses, and I'm like, and there's still stuff in boxes in my garage. Like, I don't have time. I figure if I don't need it in a year, it could just go away. I don't even need to open the box. It's fine. Okay, and now I would like to point out, this is I wrote on this one, goat, because this is the greatest of all time. That's right. Caroline. She has such a problem, Glenn. Are you sitting down and ready to cry for her? Okay. Caroline. I don't have a tall enough ladder to hang the chandeliers in my barn aisle. <laughs>
0: yeah. We've never had that one before.
2: Never had that problem. Where I not <laughs> this ladder doesn't reach. I can't get the chandelier in my barn aisle. Let me tell you something, Caroline, hang that sucker low because you won't be cleaning it and dusting it. All the time, but God love you for having chandeliers in your barn aisle. I have something to aspire to, Glenn. What's that? I now need to get a chandelier
0: in your barn and aisle. Hang it
2: in my barn I, aisle. Think so. I
0: think everybody needs a chandelier in the barn aisle. But then, can I'm, imagine the dust and cobwebs, and how you'd have to take care of that.
2: Then I'm going to get like a broke ass chandelier. Like I'm going to go to like a used vintage store <laughs> a and find redneck one that's, chandelier. Like, yeah, eight by eight inches, you know, yeah. and like just have this. Teeny- I think it's going to look like a bird's nest up at the top of my barn owl. With yes, half the light be... bulbs burn out. Yeah. Oh, there'll be no light bulbs. Oh. There will be no light bulbs. I'm not even going to hook it up. I'm just going to hang it just for aesthetics. Look at my chandelier, my barn owl. I can tell people I have a chandelier. It doesn't matter what it looks like. Yes. Uh, Caroline, I'm really sad for you. And all the problems associated with hanging your chandelier in your barn owl. Everybody, thank you so thank much you, for everybody. submitting your equestrian first world problems. Y'all were... Y'all brought us pretty strong today. Hey, we have
0: a full week of shows for you today. Tomorrow is the endurance show. Mary Kitzmiller is coming up. Uh, yeah, Mary Kitzmiller's coming up on Thursday. Jamie and I will be here Wednesday and Friday. We have a full week of shows for you. So get your really bad ads into Jennifer at networkcom Read them yourself and send in the sound file, and you get double the entries. So or just go to horseradionetwork.com and click on the voicemail banner. By the way, if you ever want to comment about anything in the shows, you can go to Horse Radio Network. Just go to Network.com on your phone. There's a little voicemail. Click on it and start talking. It comes to us magically. So uh, you can send us a voicemail anytime.
2: We really Until appreciate it terrible idea
0: <laughs> <laughs> you really i don't play the bad ones only play the good ones all right hey auditors hang on i got something to tell you about after it's a reddit thread i found that you guys are just gonna cringe all right we'll be back
2: Vayner-Geld, everybody. it's
0: not quite as cringeworthy as that stupid budweiser commercial So there's been a bunch more comments on the Budweiser commercial. Not one of them good. <laughs> no,
2: of course not, no. no
0: hey, uh, I, everybody that wanted to, if you haven't been over to the auditor room, auditors, uh, everybody that wanted a picture of our new little red house, Jennifer's Valentine's present, and the mirrored wall. Uh, I posted pictures of that yesterday. Just scroll down and you'll see it. People are commenting on it. There was a lot of comments on what we should do with the mirrored wall. Some of them involved stripper poles um, and things like that.
2: Well, that's an obvious one, duh.
0: That <laughs> yeah, is Dance classes. We should do dance classes. I think we decided we're going to hang a curtain over it. I did take a closer look at the mirror wall, and it's pretty solid on there. I mean, it's glued on there pretty good. I
2: really feel like there's some dressage writer's husband who would like to get out of the house and have a project and oh. and get credit for doing something for his wife. So, I mean, come on.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, but I'm not guaranteed what the wall would look like when he's done. <laughs> That's what the biggest concern is. Apparently, other people have mirrored walls too. Or no, they had older relatives that had mirrored walls. So, <laughs> I don't know anybody uh, anybody under 50 who has a mirrored wall. So, I found this thread on Reddit. <coughs> do you, you know what Reddit is, right? You've been to Reddit. I do. Yeah. So there's there's a thread for that's called Not the A Hole, and it's it's a group called Not the A Hole, and everybody posts on there and asks basically, "Am I the a hole?" That's what they want to know. And this girl, twenty four year old, uh, says she has a boyfriend that's twenty six, and they've been dating for around nine months. She says if I've I've been riding horses since I was 4 years old when I started taking lessons. When I was 10, I started helping out this girl at the stable on her horse. At 12, she told me that and it went on. She's been a horse girl forever. So she has horses. When I started to date my boyfriend, I was very honest with the fact that my horses take a lot of time and that he was fine with this. When single, I could spend like 3 to 4 hours a day at the stable. And we started dating, I cut this down. About three hours every other day is roughly how long it takes for me to do all the things I want to do with my horse. So most of my friends are at the stable, which obviously means it's also social time for me. The other days, I would not ride and try and spend less time talking and more time going back to spend with my boyfriend. You see where this is going, right? About six months ago, he told me I spend too much time at the stable and that I should prioritize my relationship more. And so, Somehow – oh, it gets better. And somehow his family got involved, and they said to me that it was strange that I prioritized the way I did. I wasn't comfortable with this, but I'm a bit of a pushover, so I agreed. So she's cut down to writing down basically two times a week, and she's miserable, and she said last night – Get this. Last night he told me it was time to sell my horse. I laughed at him and asked if he was serious. He was. He told me I told him no and he said I needed to start prioritizing this relationship more and I said I've done nothing but prioritize this relationship and he continued that she should sell her horse. Wait, how old is this person? She is 24, he is 26.
2: Exactly. 24 don't yeah, it does they don't matter at 24. Oh,
0: months. you should see the comments. <laughs> They closed the comments. There are a thousand comments. And basically all of them said, run, get the fuck out of there. Oh, yeah. Every comment was the same as the Budweiser video. Uh, and then the family being involved. That just shows you what you're getting into.
2: Well, like, it's, it's. It, I, I think of it like Luke Air Force Base is an Air Force base that is in Phoenix, Arizona, in the West Valley. And it has been there since... World War II since the 40s, yet they keep building neighborhoods around it and people are complaining about the jet noise. And, like, <laughs> you knew it was here beforehand, right? Yeah, or so it's, it's like, like putting
0: your house at the end of a runway and saying, oh, I hate those planes.
2: I hate <laughs> those planes. Like, literally, you knew about that horse beforehand. And I always think, like, what did a guy want? Like, you to just sit in a chair and stare at him for, I like,
0: will hours? say that I think, and I don't know if Chad did, but I think every guy goes through this at the very beginning. You know, you do go through this little bit of – uh, I wish, yeah, because you're all excited about the relationship and everything, and you probably don't have something like a horse, right? Unless you have a hobby that takes up a lot of time, you you don't quite get it. So you, so you do all go through a little bit of this, I think, at the beginning.
2: I'll tell you, I'll tell you how a real man handles it, <laughs> and I'll tell you how a real man handles it because this is what my husband did. Now, granted, if you have a horse, it's something that you do. Like you need to find somebody who also has their thing. You know, like Chad golfs now. That's his thing. He will golf while I go do horses. And so, but it always wasn't like that. So when I first moved to Arizona, I brought a horse and a dog and a cat. And I'm like, hi, I live with a fighter pilot who lives in an apartment and I have a horse and a cat and a dog. And so we moved to a a neighborhood to where we can have the cat and dog and I boarded the horse. Well, then, you know, I'm a horse trainer, always have been. So I started riding a horse board because I couldn't afford board so i would get up and i would go ride a horse at five in the morning and then i would go to work i was a vet tech at a clinic which is where i worked when glenn met me and then afterwards i would then go ride my horse and so i was gone from like five in the morning till seven eight o'clock at night and here's how a real man handles it are you listening are you there He's not here. <laughs> Dang it. I was going to get points for this. Here's how a real man okay. handles it. Do you know what my husband said? What? He goes, you're gone all the time. I mean, you are up at 5 a.m. And then you're going to come home until 8 or 9 p.m. You know what we need to do? And it was not sell the force. It was not do less. He goes, we need to rent a farm and see if we can do this together as a team. So then you're home more. I mean, come on. There's am like not marry that guy? <laughs> there, there you go. Marry that guy. Don't there marry the go. guy. I was like, I want you to sit in a room and stare at me for longer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm reading some of the comments here. And some of them were horse people that commented. And one of them was, oh, he's complaining about how many hours it takes to take care of one horse. Get two or three. Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
2: How about just break yeah, up? With that
0: oh, loop? Like, yeah, oh, yeah. Every one so of these sad. comments is dump him. And when you and, and the family, how, I had that family thing with one of my girlfriends, and you know she, you know, uh, daddy or mama's boy. Well, she was daddy's girl, and it was the same way as the mama boy, right? It mm. was the same way. It was just like dad was involved with everything.
2: Oh it, it, well. Uh, I, I, I remember dating one guy and his grandmother, Italian grandmother, found out I was a vegetarian and she was like, how are you going to cook for my grandson <laughs> if you don't even eat the food? <laughs> Was she Italian? Please tell me yes. she was.
0: Oh, of there you go. She was
2: an Italian grandmother, and she was shocked.
0: <laughs> yeah, that she no, would. No, no Italians gonna understand that.
2: <laughs> I'm like, I am not making veal ever. And she's like, How are you gonna cook for him if you can't even taste it oh, when you're eating? I'm
0: telling you, no Italian grandma's ever gonna understand a, a, oh, ve- God, a vegetarian, let alone a vegan. <laughs>
2: she hated me.
0: <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I thought you'd all get a kick out of that one. Do you think now? Is she going to dump him or not? Well, she had an update. Let me see what the update says.
2: Oh, my brain is broken for her. I mean, I just I see that too much. And how many women that I've got to teach lessons to that are like, yeah, you know, I rode horses all growing up and then I got married and I gave it up. And now that, you know, my kids are out of the house, I'm coming back again. It's like starting over. And it was all because they gave it up for this thing. But what you don't realize is that when you go into that part of your life, that's where you need the support the most. That's where you need the horses the most. It's like, I'm starting a family. I I, I, I can't dedicate every second of my day to it. I need a cathartic release. And that's what horses does for definitely me. My husband knew. I mean, if I haven't ridden in a couple of days, he'd be like, you need to go to the barn. Oh,
0: yeah. Jennifer was saying, uh, for some reason, we had a busy week, and she didn't ride. And I was like, you need to go ride your." Horse. Yeah, because
2: <laughs> we like, turn into assholes. Yeah.
0: So this was the edit she put at the end. And after I read the edit to you, I want you to guess whether she leaves them or not. Okay? So I never expected to get as, this to get as much attention as it did. I mean, there's thousands of comments. I am very overwhelmed and thankful for all your kind comments and messages. I'm currently sitting with Lady, that's her horse, in the stable, crying my eyes out because this has been such a wake-up call for me. My boyfriend left to visit his family and friends in his old town earlier today before I posted. Uh, All is well for now, and I will handle this as soon as possible. First, I need to go home and sleep. She's not dumping it. No, she's not.
2: Run away! <laughs> she's not Find dumping Find a Chad. Marry a Chad. <laughs>
0: Take an airplane flight, sit beside the cute guy that looks like a pilot, and there you go.
2: Yeah, because that's what I was going for when I was flying. Actually, no. No, you were going to see your other
0: boyfriend.
2: You find it when you're not looking for it.
0: All right, everybody. That's it for today. We'll see you. All All
2: right, bye.